Hey MW, it's Melissa. And Stephanie Carcace, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. Given the current climate in the world right now, we have decided to put a pause on our current podcast schedule to bring you up-to-date resources that can help you during this time of need. In today's episode, we speak to Maribel Lara, the Senior Vice President and Head of Consulting at the Sasha Group, a VaynerX company. In our conversation, we cover how to ask for help in times of need, how we can support small businesses in this crisis, and some overall wisdom to leave us hopeful for the future. Steph and I are in sub-quarantine and recording from our closets. So this episode may sound just a bit different, but don't worry, MW. You'll still get the high quality conversations you're used to hearing right here on our podcast. There were so many insightful moments on this episode, but here are some of our top takeaways. The prayer that has stuck with me for all of my life is the serenity prayer, right? Like God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it's that last piece that's the most important. I think we will be better, right? Like it won't be what it was. We'll have new knowledge. We'll have learned things about ourselves. We'll have learned things about our communities. We'll have learned some new skills. So it won't be exactly the same, but I do think that we will be wiser. Okay, MW, the journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. Alrighty, so for our listeners, I want to tell you a little bit about our guest today. Maribel Laura is our dear friend and our personal mentor. She educates and mentors and markets entrepreneurs, funded startups, and mature small to medium-sized businesses looking for meaningful and explosive growth. And Maribel, we are so grateful, as always, for taking the time to chat with us today in our community, and we're just so excited to have you on the show for the first time. So thank you for having me. You cannot see my smile, which is ear to ear, (laughs) because I'm super happy to share space with you all today. Yes. And I mean, you've you've kind of been with us throughout this journey. So it's kind of like exciting to have you on. And, you know, now this is our second season of the podcast. And I'm just, I hope you're proud of us. (laughs) As always, I talk about you all the time. So grateful for you. Oh, thank you. Uh, so we're going to get started with something that I know you personally have struggled with. And it's, you know, it's interesting to know in these times that we're living in, because the, this episode is going to be coming out of real time with the virus uh, across the world. You know, our generation in particular, and I'm sure many women are going through this, um, asking for help is a, is a huge struggle. Mm-hmm. I know you personally have gone through this and you've kind of shared that, you know, in college in particular, you struggled because you never asked for help. Um, I want to dive into that a little bit um, about your personal story with that and how you overcame asking for help. Yeah, so I didn't overcome it in college. I think once I graduated from college, I decided to study for a master's in higher education so that I could go back and work at universities because I recognized that there was help available that I didn't utilize when I was in college, right? I had deans, I had academic advisors, there were counselors, even like um, the health center, all of those resources were accessible to me, but I never used them. And so 
having gone through a master's program and understanding the way that students develop, the way that young people develop, I was able to look back on that and realize that part of the reason I didn't utilize it was that I was concerned about being judged, right? There were already stigmas surrounding me because I was a Latina at a predominantly white college. And so there were all the assumptions that came along with that, right? The idea that I didn't earn my place there. And part of me felt that asking for help would give people ammunition to say like, see, we told you she couldn't cut it. And so that sort of stuck with me. And that was self-imposed, right? Like, I don't know if it would have played out that way, but I didn't want to, I didn't even want to create the possibility of that. You know, I don't know how much of it is being a Latina and feeling like I'm the one who's supposed to take care of people, but I think that that's certainly part of it as well. And another element of it is just pride, right? Having, wanting to feel like it was your accomplishment and not feeling like you needed help to get there. But with age comes wisdom and the realization that having to ask for help or utilizing resources doesn't make, doesn't devalue the accomplishment. And so I recognize that I held myself back in college by not asking. Um, For me, where I learned the most powerful lesson about asking for help was after having lost both of my parents in in the same year and um, being at my lowest of lows financially, emotionally, and um, realizing that I really could not do it alone. And I had done a magnificent job of building a friend network around me that was there to support me. I had an amazing family and they were ready to help, but I had to tell them that I was willing to receive it and also give them ways that they could help me. And it was very hard to do, but it was much easier to come out from that bottom when I started to ask for it. So how were you able to actually ask for help, right? So it's like, I have no idea even, I mean, I know there's not a script, that would be weird, but like, what are the ways of kind of overcoming that fear, right? Of asking for help? How did you do that? What was your first step? Um, I did it through a lot of tears, right? And a lot of pep talks. I happened to have an amazing best friend who I've known since I was 18 years old. So we met when I was a freshman in college and she had just graduated from college. So she was very much the voice of reason, right? So she was the person that I like opened up to. So when I realized, I I mean, the first type of help that I needed was financial help and there was no getting around it. I had exhausted my savings. So my dad, um, my dad was terminally ill already by the time I started my, um, my MBA program. I lost my mom suddenly at the start of um, my second year in business school, even though it was my dad who I was, who my sister and I were waiting to pass away. Um, I lost my mom unexpectedly to the consequences from breast cancer. And then I was still waiting for my dad to take a turn for his worse, which he did after I graduated from my program. I transitioned from being a full-time MBA student to being a full-time caregiver for my dad who wanted to die at home. So I became his his hospice caregiver. My sister was living down south with her family at the time. So it was me. And um, during that time, there were a lot of financial lessons that I hadn't learned. And um, I didn't realize that I should probably have stopped paying bills and held on to as much cash as I could. Instead, I exhausted my cash trying to stay up to date with bills. And I found myself after my dad passed away, um, really being at the last of the money that I had left and wondering how I was going to pay the rent. 
So it really was, I like, I was completely frozen. There was no way, even if I was able to find a job quickly, that I was going to have enough money to pay my rent and pay all of those bills. And so I finally just broke down in front of the people who were closest to me and am grateful that like they were just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I think the lesson is surround yourself with the people who are going to step up when those times come around, right? So my now husband, who was my my boyfriend at the time, said like, hey, I'm going to reach out to somebody that we both know who is in a roommate situation that he's not happy with. He could come and pay your rent and it would be probably less than what he's paying now and you could still live there. And this friend agreed to do that. Right. And and I was conflicted about it. And I was like, but why is how is that okay? How is it okay for him to come and live here and me not pay anything? And I needed my husband and other friends to convince me that that was acceptable. Right. So I was even struggling with accepting help that people were perfectly willing to give. So part of it was people just constantly reminding me, like, it this is okay. Like you have to let this happen. Like this is there doesn't have to be an alternative. Like this is okay. And then I needed, you know, I needed financial help to get through like the initial hump until that friend moved in. I needed people to be on the lookout for jobs for me. All of that. I needed people to just be my listening ear. I wouldn't have gotten through that time had it not been for the people around me. Wow. I think that's so powerful, Maribel. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, it's it's we're often told like the door can't open unless you knock, right? And, and it's really, it's everything that you're saying. It's not so easy to do that. And it kind of, you know, I want to kind of relay what you experienced to what so many people are experiencing currently right now, right? You know, this, this sense of loss, this sense of, um, financial stress, emotional stress, um, and, and you sharing your story can, is helping so many people right now, right? Because we are going through this coronavirus crisis and so many people are going through a hard time. So I would like to know your opinion, especially now we are a little bit in the social distancing, right? And maybe even asking Mm -hmm. for help can feel even more disconnected, right? What are some of your thoughts on first of all, what's happening right now? And also, how can we ask for help in this time currently that we're facing? Yeah, I think that I think that help is there, right? So first, I think it's breaking down what you need. As human beings, we have a tendency to what I call snowball our problems, right? We don't look at our problems as I have 10 small problems. We group them all together and we look at them in mass and in mass it seems daunting and it seems impossible to overcome but really it's a set of things and so i think the first step is break out what the individual needs are and then start to identify who in your circle might be a resource to help you or know people who might help you or have a network that they can utilize to like help find you that assistance. So that's the first one is break it out into different challenges and you don't need to deal with it all at one time. So determine in that list of challenges, like what's the most pressing 
right? What's the one that's going to have the most impact on your peace of mind and make that one the priority, but also think through like, what are the small ones that you might be able to find a resolution to or a resource for really easily and tackle that too, because then it'll feel like you accomplished something, right? Like you're making progress in it. I think the other thing is understanding like what's completely out of your control. Um, I have, you know, I consider myself a spiritual person, not necessarily a religious person. And the prayer that has stuck with me for all of my life is the serenity prayer, right? Like God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it's that last piece that's the most important. We can't change everything. And the unfortunate thing about what we're going through right now is like, we can't change it, right? We cannot change the fact that some of our businesses were not made for the type of lives that people are living right now. Like that's not a failure. It sucks, right? But it's a circumstance of situations that are beyond our control. And so there is no use in beating ourselves up about that. It's a lot of wasted energy rather than spending that energy figuring out, okay, how do I pivot? Right. 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 Absolutely. And I feel like um, what's really interesting too is you work with so many businesses, so many small businesses. Um, How are you guiding them throughout this, this time, this trying time? In truth, I can't help all of them, right? So I've had some heartbreaking conversations and messages this week from businesses that are making the decision to shut down because mm. it's it would it would break them financially they would go into such debt just trying to stay afloat at this time and so they're making the decision to shut down and they'll figure it out once the economy is what it is right um and so those you help by just listening by showing them you care, right? And I, to me, having sent an email or a text message to just say like, hey, thinking of you, if there's anything I can do, please let me know if I can amplify any of your content, if I can get on a call with you and help you think creatively, um, if I can share examples with you, and then also doing that proactively. So knowing that some clients um, are going to need financial assistance, so monitoring you know, what grant opportunities or loan opportunities I see and sharing them with clients for whom they might be relevant if we see examples and this, our whole team is doing this, like we're sharing with each other examples of um, brands or companies being really innovative. And so if we think any of that is relevant for our clients, sharing that. Um, and then also just trying to support small business wherever we can, right? Like I've I've done a few orders from small businesses this past week because that's who's going to have the hardest time getting through this. Right, right. I love your, your article, the three pieces of advice for small businesses um, that you wrote for LinkedIn. It was really great. Um, but I do want to kind of switch it on the other end. Thank I, you. No, it was fantastic, but I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> um, you know, I want to switch it. We know that small businesses are definitely going to take a big hit on this. And, you know, as much as consumers, we do want to support small businesses right now. We're also taking a hit, right? A lot of us average Americans do live paycheck to paycheck. That is a reality, right? And so with that kind of mentality Mm -hmm. of, okay, when is my next income and where is that going to come? but still wanting to support, is there a way to support your local businesses that not, that isn't not necessarily monetarily? 
I think amplifying what they're doing, right? So if you have any kind of following on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, then share their content, right? So um, I'll give you an example, the Tenement Museum in New York City, um, which is really trying to preserve the heritage of immigrants into the Lower East Side of Manhattan, they are hurting for funding, right? Like they rely on ticket sales, they rely on events, and they have none of that revenue coming in. So they launched essentially um, like a crowdsource fund. And so, yeah, I can make a donation, but I can also help them significantly by sharing their efforts. Um, so I think that's one way, right? Like talk about the the brands that you love or the neighborhood um, businesses that you love and why and share that with people and ask other people to participate. There's, you know, there's such power in numbers. Like if you have a thousand people who follow you, if you can get 200 people to donate a dollar, right? That might be more than you were able to donate on your own, but that $1 doesn't break any single individual. So I think it's recognizing that we have to come together as communities and do it. I think that if you see resources that might be beneficial, so again, you know, loan opportunities, grant opportunities, um, you know, anything that's being delayed in terms of taxes, like sharing that information because you don't know if they would have seen it. So you're better off not assuming that the business has that information, like better for them to receive it from five to 10 different people than to not have seen it at all. So I think that's another way. Um, If you have creative ideas for what they might be able to do, that could be a way to help them. If you have design skills or writing skills, and that's not something that comes naturally to that business, is that a way for you to support them? So, you know, I think we, this is a time to get creative in all sorts of ways, not just how we pivot our businesses, but how we help each other. Absolutely. Definitely. That's actually really great advice. You gave me some great ideas. Um, and today in particular, I, I, I woke up in the morning and I said, you know, I also want to amplify them too. So I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So that way we can be shouting out other accounts and bringing awareness to those other companies and brands. I want to talk about personal social media. How valuable is it for everybody right now? I mean, I would say, or maybe, I don't know, but I'm thinking 95, 99% of us have social. Maybe it's a very tiny amount of people that don't have social media. But how crucial is it right now for people to be jumping on and actually speaking their mind, expressing themselves at this point, even if they're not influencers per se, how is the everyday person, you know, how, how valuable is that right now? I mean, I think in so many different ways. One is you can find pockets of joy in social media, right? So you have to be mindful. So I think you still have to take care of yourself in those spaces. You can very easily go down a rabbit hole of just consuming more news and more disturbing information. Like, But you could also choose to go down the road of finding some folks who are sharing positive, right? Like how communities are coming together. I love all the videos from the communities um, in Europe where people are taking to their balconies and creating music together or, you know, someone DJing on their balcony and people coming out and dancing. Like I love consuming that and I love that social media gives me access to, to those stories that honestly, we're not seeing on the news, right? The abundance of what's on the news are the terrifying statistics. So use it, one, to bring some joy into your life in what is a very difficult time. In terms of personal branding, I think it's a way to maintain your connection to 
what is happening in the world, if you have customers, you know, staying in touch with your customers, um, I think it's a time to upskill. So at some point, all of this will, we, we will be back to a normal, right? We will find our pace again. And so how do you take advantage of this downtime? Like what are the things that you could be doing now that will help you to just like pick up back with the pace once we're back in those settings, right? So for us, it we have to take the time to think about how we have to pivot our business. You know, do our offerings still make sense in a world after a pandemic? Um, and if they don't, then how do we change them or what new offerings do we need to think about? What kind of help are our clients going to need after this compared to the ways that we were helping them beforehand? And so we're taking the time to think through all of those potential changes now, right? The way that we thought we were going to get to our revenue goal may not be it. We, you may be adjusting what your revenue goal is, right? Like you may t- need to take on a side hustle in the meantime to keep money coming in. So um, it's an opportunity to think through all of those things. Um, you know, you also have to plan for like what will business look like when we are back to normal. So don't let that hit you and have to think about it then, like prepare for the possibility now. Yeah, that's very good advice, actually. And so much hope, right? Because sometimes, you know, we are, a lot of us are feeling lost right now. Lost, maybe it's a loved one, a job, the sense of the future. And, and you know, in our conversation, you're, you're saying it's going to come back to how it was. But honestly, you know, probably better, would you say? I think we will be better, right? Like it won't be what it was. We'll have new knowledge. We'll have learned things about ourselves. We'll have learned things about our communities. We'll have learned some new skills. So it won't be exactly the same. But I do think that we will be wiser. I think that we're going to have a greater appreciation for our relationships and how we nurture those. We're going to have a greater appreciation for like, what we need. We're going to be spend so much time with ourselves. Hmm. And I think that we live in a society where we don't do enough of that. And there's so much power that comes with knowing, like, what are the things that make you really happy? What are the things that don't, and maybe don't need to come back into your life, right? Like, maybe you realize you've been staying out late every Friday and Saturday night. And now that you can't do that, it feels amazing to be well-rested. Maybe you found out you're actually a morning person and you're super productive, you know, or you find peace in waking up before the rest of the world does and reading a book and having your coffee. Like, Maybe that's the thing that makes you happier than going out Friday and Saturday night. Like this is an opportunity for self-discovery. I think it is a gift. And so let's treat it as that. Like let's let's treat it as the universe saying like, I'm going to give you all a gift to get you to know yourselves a little better. And so, yes, I think there is the potential for all of us to be better coming out of this. That's beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, I, I already feel different, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I've been talking to so many of my girlfriends, and we were saying this earlier on the live, just been checking up on everybody. It's like I, I kind of in the last 48 hours have had this instinct in me to just check in on everyone, mm-hmm. um, on certain people. And a lot of my friends, a lot of my girlfriends are feeling a sense of loneliness and unsure about the future. And I have felt definitely, I mean, like everybody, Friday, Saturday, I think everybody was sort of like, what is happening? And then Sunday was almost like, okay, 
you know, like how you're saying now, there, there's going to be a new normal, but I think this is going to be good and just trying to be there for everybody. So I'm so glad that you're sharing this because I think it's needed. I think that our, you know, in particular, obviously we speak to the women of our generation, but now is the time to really take action to, and like you said, figure out what makes you happy, what doesn't. I think, you know, happiness uh, is something that people really need to prioritize thinking about when this blows over what kind of job were you before that you were doing and maybe you don't want to do, you know, you yeah. have the opportunity now to kind of just like change your life, you know, because everybody it, it's, it's so insane. You know, it's like a world reset and everybody gets to start over. It's, yeah. it's kind of incredible in the best way possible. Um, you know, I, one of the things that Steph and I love about you so much is that you are such, you are a person that brings so much hope, whenever you share, like literally hearing you now, it's like, I get really emotional thinking about it because you are just such a light naturally. And I know you've been through a lot of things, but you've never allowed any of that to define who you are as a woman and as a person. And we admire that and respect that about you. And I would love for you to share, you know, what piece of advice or what kind of hope do you kind of wish for any woman right now that's listening, that's feeling like, they just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They f- are extremely scared about the unknown. What what kind of comfort, comforty words, I guess, what kind of hope would you share with them in this conversation? Oh, you're going to make me cry, which is, which is okay. It's okay to be a crier. I'm totally a crier. So I, I've known my best friend long enough now that we've had all of the all of the hard conversations, you know, a ton of the life conversations have gone through a lot of ups and downs together. And in the younger ages of our relationship in the early years, we used to talk about, we knew, we sort of knew that we were in it for the long haul, right? Like that, like we were going to be viejitas like next <laughs> to each other. And we used to talk about like, what's the, what's the thing that scares you most? And for me, it was my mom passing away. Right. And so that ended up happening when I was 31 years old. So I knew my life wasn't over at 31 years old. Right. I had to, you know, I had to get over that. And like, I still carry it with me, obviously, like, you know, I'm, I'm tearing up just thinking about it, but life does go on. And so for me, it's remembering the lessons that my parents told me, right? Like, I believe in something beyond this life that we live, right? I believe that my parents are still with me. They shared with me such tremendous lessons. And my mom always used to say, like, I had to live my own life. And she taught me that, that you can't, you know, you can't count on sort of anyone being with you forever because there's no rhyme or reason. And so you have to wake up every day and treat that day like a gift. You know, wake up every day and live it to its fullest. Don't save. One of the things I learned from my dad was just like, he's like, look, you work really hard. And so you also need to enjoy the fruits of your labor on a regular basis, right? So for my mom, I learned to save some for security. But for my dad, I learned that you should also enjoy it in the moment. And so between the two of them, the balance of that. And so you know, to me, that's the lesson is that every day is a new opportunity to do it over. I truly believe that the challenges that are put forth in front of us are given to us because we are capable of overcoming them, right? And, you know, and not necessarily by ourselves. I'm not saying that you have to do it by yourself, but like, 
we can overcome these things. And I recognize that people have greater challenges than the ones that I have faced in my life. So I also believe that we each have a responsibility to take care of the people around us and to contribute to our communities, right? And the more success that we have, the more that I feel we have a responsibility to give back, right? Like we are we are truly all in this together. And I think we are feeling that today because it's sort of, you know, this virus doesn't care how much money you have. And we are seeing that, right? Because we're seeing celebrities, we're seeing dignitaries that are that are being diagnosed positive. This is a great equalizer mm. in a lot of ways. Um, and so it really doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter, right? Like I think you do the best with what you can. You surround yourself with people who are going to be there to support you. You ask for help because there are people that are just looking for the opportunity to be able to help somebody else. Powerful. Maribel, thank you so, so much you for guiding not only us, but also for sharing your voice for our community. We know these words are going to leave everyone so inspired because I'm over here like, woof, how you have motivated me. Your words, your, your story, you are one powerful lady and just so grateful for you, honestly. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. And also, everybody, have some fun, too, right? I'm just like, I got a puzzle I want to get to (laughs) this weekend. I want my husband to start painting with the painting kit I got him. We're going to do some seeding of a little herb garden. We might adopt a puppy. So, like, also bring some joy into your life. Oh, Oh, this is amazing. Absolutely. I think, and and for me, I... I want to be cooking up a storm, some totones, some marro blanco, frijoles negro. I'm making pernil tonight. So it is, it's I marinating and I'm going to put it in the Instapot. Girl, you just beat me to it. That is so <laughs> good. You better send me some pictures of that. Will do. I wish I could, like, there was a way for me to send smell. Oh my oh. God. You guys are too Somebody's got to come up with that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Maribel. You're so amazing. We love you and please stay safe, okay? I love you too. You too. Love you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. You can find more resources surrounding COVID-19 by signing up right now to our newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com and by following us at wearemillennialwomen on Instagram. We encourage you to continue on with the conversation and share this episode with a fellow MW who needs it. Always remember to keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW, always love Melissa and Stephanie Carcace.